Ness. Ness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Corner to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Been talking about the first four picks in the upcoming NFL draft so far in our little mock draft that we have. Bryce Young has come off the board number one to the Carolina Panthers. And we just had C.J. Stroud come off the board number two to the Houston Texans. We have no trades in this mock draft, so remember that. Just keep that in mind, especially when we start talking about the Arizona Cardinals, who are up next. But on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r when it comes to C.J. Stroud and if he's available, should the Raiders make a move for him? We got this text saying, wait till Houston picks. If Stroud is available, check to see if Arizona will make the trade. If not, go to plan B. Take a corner or trade back and build the defense. That's from uh, the 702 on our don'tbebroke.com text line. We appreciate that. And speaking of Arizona, Bo Brock, he joins the show right now, and he covers all things Phoenix sports for phoenixsports.com. And, Bo, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And it's funny, I start thinking about the draft, and I think about the Cardinals, and I think, man, they got a lot of things going on in Arizona outside of the draft. I mean, where is the draft right now as far as priorities go in the conversation going on in Arizona? Well, you hope for new general manager, Monty Austin, for it's all he's thinking about. But there is a ton of outside noise, as you mentioned, surrounding this organization. Even though they kind of hit the full reset button back in early January, and Steve Kime, the general manager, resigned, and Cliff Kingsbury got fired, and they've just been pretty much churning this roster of any talent, and they're staring down a full rebuild, but still can't get it out of their own way. So, yeah, it uh, it does seem secondary. But, you know, as far as the new regime queue, I think that this is a big step for them come you know, 10 days from now, if they're going to trade down and get some more assets for that pick, and I know that's not part of your mock, but I think it's a very uh, real scenario for the Cardinals. But uh, they could also stick and pick and, and get themselves a good player to move forward with. You know, and I think that trading down is probably their number one uh, option as well. How far do you think that they'd want to trade down? Like, they don't want to get past this certain number because they still want to be able to get an impact player. What number do you think that that would be? Yeah, no doubt. I think things really thin out and, and you lose your ability to add somebody right away to this rebuild, which I think is important because they, they lack so much talent on this roster. Uh, probably like if you look at 12, I know Tennessee at 11 has been a team that's been rumored to want to move up to potentially grab a guy like Anthony Richardson out of Florida. So I think 11 would be kind of the sweet spot. Obviously, seven is somewhere they would they would want to look at as well. But you know, can you can you maybe bolster that uh, package of picks by you know maybe getting a future first, maybe two future firsts from a team like eleven that has to come all the way up to three, uh, and, and you can envision maybe a Trey Lance type deal uh, that the Niners had to trade to the, the was it Miami so many years ago. So I think that eleven once you start to get to twelve, thirteen, then you're getting out of the the ability to pick somebody that's going to be able to make an impact next season. Bo Brock is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Cardinals right now. We just heard on Friday about the Buda Baker trade request and that he wants to get out of town or be the highest paid safety. So it's always about money. What are your thoughts? Does Buda Baker get out of town or does he uh, just get paid uh, ink to a long-term deal, even though he has like two years left on his current deal? Yeah, I mean, that's the important part. He's got two years left on his deal. I think this is a new regime that wants to emphasize paying premium positions and unfortunately safety is not one of those positions. But look, you got a guy like Buda Baker who has been, you know, the model employee 
uh, has been the face of this franchise along with Kyler Murray the last couple of years. He's endured a ton of losing, and he hasn't been, you know, the reason for that. He's been one of the bright spots uh, throughout all this darkness that's kind of surrounded this team. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just don't think it's in Monty Austin Ford's thought process to ink him to a new deal, give him more money, more guaranteed dollars, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a nest egg for the extension that Kyler Murray signed last offseason uh, and try to deal and build a team with that huge contract going forward. I, I just and, and they're trying not to invest too many guaranteed dollars beyond 2023 and start fresh in 2024. And I just don't think that's in the plans for Buda Baker, but I also don't think it's in the plans for this team to deal them either. So it's going to be a little bit of a stalemate. We'll see where it goes from here. My guess is Buda Baker is the consummate professional. Uh, he, he tried to leverage, you know, this situation into more money and, I don't know if it's going to come his way, but I, I don't think he's going to, you know, turn this into a lengthy holdout for himself. Is Kyler Murray's contract extension, is that all of a sudden becoming like that poison pill where it's almost biting the Cardinals in their backside now? I mean, it's it's not it's 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 pretty daunting to think about. You it know, sounds like you're laughing that. while you're about to say this. <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it's daunting. It's tough because there's so there's so many you know questions. There's far more questions than answers at this point. I mean, we're not talking about the same team that started the season ten and two in 2021. We're talking about a team that went four and thirteen, and Kyler took a significant step back. So it is you know, and you know they haven't had to pay him that much of this deal, but. It's locked in as far as cap-wise. I mean, it, it, it's tough to get out from under. So they're embracing Kyler Murray. They should. Uh, it, it's, it's one of their top priorities for him to get back on track. It just becomes that much tougher without that rookie deal mm-hmm. to build around him and have to do it with a, you know fresh eyes on it, hopefully you know deep scouting background with guys like Monty Osport, Jonathan Gannon. But it's, it's, it's not easy. And uh, it, things will become a lot easier if he comes back healthy and comes back and he looks like the guy that was – you know, playing at an MVP level first eight weeks of the season in 2021. Bo Brock is our guest from phoenixsports.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Arizona Cardinals as they're on the clock with the number three overall pick. My man DeMond's got one for you. First one, is Colt McCoy coming back? <laughs> man, that's a good question. I think he is. I, I think he wants the opportunity just because he's the incumbent, you know, backup doesn't mean it's his job. He's going to have to battle out David Blau. They just signed draft Driscoll today. It's like those guys aren't world beaters. You would hope Colt can kind of battle that out and win it and secure the job. But I don't think at 37 years old, man, did he just get beat up last year, take a toll on his body. You know, is he going to be ready to go? But you you, are, you saw the news last week where he's going to be calling USFL games. Is, is he preparing for the future? And is that going to come sooner than a lot of people anticipated? But I think he should have the edge, the slight edge. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if it comes to, you know, the season opening in September – and he's maybe not wearing a Cardinals uniform by then. It's not a ton of guaranteed dollars, but if, if I was to bet on it, I would say he's probably your backup quarterback going into the season. Yeah, that's why I was asking, because for me, the team that went 4-13 and last year, with Kyler Murray being out all of next season, it's looking like this is going to be a mulligan year for the Arizona Cardinals, even though they do have a new head coach or GM. But regardless of whoever they pick in the first round, do you think that is going to be the mindset for the team throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, it's they're not in full tank mode. I know that the moves you would say, hey, you know, this team is tanking, and they're they're it's very transparent. Uh, but it, it's a product of that. You know, losing is going to be a product of, of them rebuilding here, and it's not you know just a just a, a egregious tank job. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the quarterback position is I think they they do anticipate Kyler getting back. You know, he's not going to miss half the season. I think they believe he can get back maybe late September, early October. 
because they're treating his backup position like the backup's going to play the, the most games you would want from your backup, you know, three, four, five games. Uh, because otherwise, I don't think that they would be rolling the dice with Colt McCoy to handle off something more than that. And then for this team, no matter who they take in the draft, what what needs does the team have? We know quarterback, hey, they have Kyler Murray, but it seems, you know, the best defensive player, he wants a new deal or to be traded. The best right. receiver wants to get traded. Where where positions are the team good at? Man, I mean, that is that's a tough that's a tough question to answer. I mean, there's there's far more positions of need on this team than they have actually uh, set up for the future. I, I mean, you can look at the quarterback position, you can look at safety, where it's not only Buda Baker but Jalen Thompson corner they're super thin defensive line might be the thinnest in the league uh offensive line when you're staring down a big quarterback contract like they are i think that you want to keep you obviously want to take care of your top asset at signal callers so you you would want to add to a pretty old offensive line so they could go any direction i I would probably take wide receiver off the board because they are you know they they could potentially trade deandre hopkins but they still have some depth there they still have you know hollywood brown they have rondell moore they have Greg Dorch. They've got some guys, Zach Pascal, who they signed from Philly, that they like that can handle it during a rebuild season. So I don't think that they're going to, you know, jump at a wide receiver, the top one off the board here very soon. But they could certainly take somebody with a little bit of size later in the draft. And then from what you just said, it sounds like that they don't need to trade away from that number three pick. Take a guy that's solidified at three. So when it, like I said, that number three pick, how likely is it that maybe they just take that best defensive player available? Because I was talking to Q during the uh, during our commercial break, and they don't even have JJ Watt. Who does this team have coming off the edge to get after the quarterback? Two guys that they drafted last year in the third round that were played, you know, played sparingly, and you don't even know if that they're going to translate to Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollins' defense. He's more of a four-three guy. These are kind of three-four linebackers, so it's going to be really interesting. And I think that's the big question as far as Will Anderson and his fit for this defense. Can he kind of put his hand in the dirt? Can he play that? We talked to him at the combine. Q was there. I mean, he, he was telling everybody he didn't care what position he has to play or how he has to play. Uh, he can fit and you know, kind of adapt to any defense, but still, I think that, that's a that's one of the cons, I guess, when you try to look at a top prospect like that. I, I think that the biggest thing is if they add a guy the caliber of Will Anderson at three, you know, what does it do for this team? They're still probably finishing last in the NFC West and picking in the top five again next year. So their their best bet would be to deal that pick and, and create future assets. And I think that's why you see DeAndre Hopkins on the on the trade block and why you see them. Uh, really staring down a chance to pick to trade out of three to just create future draft capital and build this thing kind of the right way for the first time in ever, it feels like, for the Cardinals franchise. Is Jalen Carter a guy that should be considered a, a, a possibility when it comes to the Cardinals? I don't get that sense, Q. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, I'd asked Jonathan Gannon after uh, Carter in the incident went down at the combine where he left and he did do his interview and he really didn't work out at all. Um, and they're doing their homework on them. They haven't had like a they haven't had a one on one outside of Indianapolis at the combine, and it, you just don't get any sense that they're seriously targeting him. And with you know everything we talked about earlier in the off the field issues and all the noise surrounding this this franchise, they just don't have the luxury. As good as a player as he is, they don't have the luxury to take a risk on a guy that has red flags off the field. They have to take a guy. You know that's how Anderson gets back in the conversation where. It seems like he's just a great kid. He does everything the right way. And to bring in a guy with so many question marks off the field like Jalen Carter, it would be a really tough, tough look for this franchise and bad optics. 
Again, we're talking with Bo Brock here, all things Arizona Cardinals on Raider Nation Radio 920. Going to get to the pick in just a few seconds. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, do you expect him to be a guy on draft day that may get traded by, uh, you know, by the Cardinals uh, in, in some kind of like a package deal? You know, I expected him to be gone earlier, but you, there was so many variables that went into dealing D-Hop because he's going to be 31 this uh, upcoming season. He's missed half the games in the last two seasons. He had the PED suspension as part of that. Uh, he still plays when he's healthy at a very high level and when he can get on the field. And then he's got that big cap number. And it's just it's, it's a ton of issues that they have to deal with. And you just kind of look at these different uh, – like just different points during the offseason where you thought, okay, this is where it would be a good time to deal from him. And that the next time that that happens to be is draft day, you know, day one or day two, does the team miss out on a, on a big time wide receiver prospect or it's a thinner class than it has been before. So does do the team say, okay, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll roll the dice on 31 year old DeAndre Hopkins. We know he can still play at a, at a elite level, but can we take on that contract? That's the biggest sticking point with D-Hop. I, I do think he gets dealt before the start of the season, but you have to kind of look at these different points during the offseason and when it, would, uh, it makes sense for a team to take a risk on that contract. Well, Bo, you've been down this road before. You know what that sound means. That sound means it's time to make the pick. And already off the board, Bryce Young went number one to the Panthers. C.J. Stroud just went number two to the Houston Texans. So with the third pick, the Arizona Cardinals are on the board. Bo, where are they going? Man, that's music to my ears. Uh, you know, I think uh, that a kid out of Oregon and the Christian Gonzalez kid is a is an option. But if they're sticking and picking, I would say that Will Anderson Jr., Bama, out of uh, the edge rusher is the pick right here, the Arizona Cardinals select uh, Q, Will Anderson Jr., third overall in the 2023 mock draft. You know, tackle for loss machine, racked up the sacks, one of the best pass rushers to come out of that story program. He'd be a great guy to really kind of kickstart this rebuild for the Redbirds. There he goes right there. Will Anderson goes off the board number three. Bo Brock makes the pick. I'll tell you right now, my eyes got big when you started talking about Oregon. I was like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> There's always that moment, bro. There's always that moment in the draft where you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Normally that's the Raiders pick, right? I mean, I can go through years yeah. on top of years of the Raiders picks where I was like, well, didn't see that one coming, and then it happens. But that's – I mean, Christian Gonzalez I think is a hell of a player, but I didn't think you were going to pull the trigger on him at number three until I did think you were going to pull the trigger on him at number three, right. and I was like, whoa. That's going to be uh, that's going to be talked about for a while. So, my, my mentions on Twitter couldn't handle it. So I, I, I kind of got a little cowardice, and I took Will Anderson Jr. I think it's just a no-brainer if they stick to that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a really good pick. I think all three of our picks that we've had so far on our unnecessary roughness mock draft have been really good. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and now Will Anderson, the edge rusher, the first defender off the board at number three. Well, Bo, fantastic stuff, man. What are you working on? What you got coming out? Uh, NFL draft related, maybe even Phoenix Suns related as they're down 0-1 in the playoffs (laughs) right now. You got a lot going on in Arizona, man. I might have to come back and visit you soon. You, you have to, man. Hopefully the Suns can back, get back on track. But we're, you know, 10 days out. We're excited to see who the next, you know, big name is that's going to join this roster and, and be part of this rebuild. I'm excited about it. So that's what we're talking about all the next 10 days for sure. Are you headed to Kansas City? I'm not. I'm going to, because we get to talk to the prospect the next day, the press conference. I'd rather uh, get to know the, the newest member of the Cardinals and, Kind of be there on draft day and see the bro hug from Goodell to the new players. <laughs> right. I understand <laughs> that. Well, hey, man, keep doing uh, what you do, man. You do a fantastic job. Appreciate you this afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Likewise. Thanks, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bo Brock, phoenixsports.com right there. Covers everything, including the Arizona Cardinals, like a glove. Does a great job. Definitely appreciate him. And you can find him on Twitter at Bo Brock, B-R-A-C-K, just like that. Well, there you go. Will Anderson up on the board at number three. And so far, Damon, everything has been status quo, right? There's been no big shakeups, no big surprises. Bryce, CJ, Will Anderson. Who are the Colts going to take it for? Is this going to be the first, wow, I didn't see that coming? Is Jalen Carter coming off the board today? Ooh. Is Tyree Wilson coming off the board today? Mm, or is there, another, is there another quarterback coming off the board today? Got to go with the chalk. I think it's going to be another quarterback. 316 is the time. We'll find out at 330. Zach Hicks, Locked On Colts, will join the show. But we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. So far, Bryce Young went to the Panthers, number one overall. C.J. Stroud followed him at number two to the Houston Texans. And we just heard Alabama edge Will Anderson, number three to the Arizona Cardinals. Coming up next, the Indianapolis Colts. Zach Hicks, locked on Colts, will join us at 3.30 to make the pick at number four. Who knows what direction he's going to go with that. Of course, if I was a betting man, I'd say they're going to go with the quarterback. But the question, Damon, is which one? Is it Anthony Richardson? Is it Will Levis? Is it other? Well, Jim Irsay was asking people on Twitter, so maybe uh, we should see what the results are on that tweet. Yeah, I'm sure that that carried a lot of weight. And you know what? It might. Who knows with Jim Irsay? And if it did, then that could be a problem as well. But the question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, I want to hear from you at 69187, keyword r How do you think the first four picks go? in the upcoming NFL draft, which is 10 days from today. Let us know who you think goes, number one to Carolina, number two to Houston, number three to the Cardinals, and four to the Colts. And if you think that there's a trade that's going to happen there, you can even throw that into the mix. It's all good. And then also, if C.J. Stroud is available, which it sounds like there's a chance he could be, not based off of our mock draft, but based off of reports that are out there right now, and of course you got to take it with a grain of salt, as it's 10 days away from the draft, so you know there's a lot of misdirections going on out there, a lot of magic trick in the backfields going on right now. So, I mean, there's, there's always that. you got to consider it and let us know if the Raiders uh, see C.J. Stroud available, say at number three, should they go and make the move for him, trade up with the Arizona Cardinals. Again, 69187, keyword r and 702-365-9200. Got a really good text from Sir Whiskey Ray, and we'll get to it right after we talk to our good friend Tim in Texas in the Lone Star State. What's on your mind, Tim? Welcome to the show. Hello, how y'all doing? We're blessed. How are you, Tim? Okay, I really, I really do. I know, I really do think the Raiders are going to trade up to either two or three. But uh, without without the trades and stuff, I think Young will go number one. I think Will Anderson will go number two because mm. uh, Houston, 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 going to uh, kick you out. Believe me, they're going to do something to kick everybody out. <laughs> and I just uh, uh, and then Arizona will get Carter. And then they they gonna let uh, Indianapolis get uh get CJ Stroud, but but honestly, I really do think the Raiders are gonna trade up to two or three and try to get Stroud. They're gonna try to trade up anyway. Okay, I like it. I like it, Tim. Great call right there. I like how Tim's thinking outside the box. He said Houston's gonna he's gonna they gonna tick you off. I like it. I like it a lot right there. So Bryce Young go number one. Number two, Will Anderson to Houston would be a good pick. I think that'd be a really good pick for D'Amico, especially since they have pick twelve as well. Right? I mean, they can do some different things. They can go and get Hendon Hooker at 12 if he's available. Right? 
And I don't think that that would be a super reach. I think it'd be a reach at seven. I don't think it'd be a reach at twelve. But if you don't like him already, you're talking about the Texans, right? Yeah. So if you don't like any of these guys at number two, you think you like a guy enough to? You might not like Hendon Hooker enough to pick him at two. I, I mean, like like I said, I wouldn't pick him at seven. I think that's too high. But I would start thinking about it around twelve, thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen. Sure. You know I, what I mean? Because I, I feel like I get better. Right. I get better value. I think right because again, going back to what we talked about for weeks now, the best player on your board, the best player at number two might be Will Anderson, right? So go get the best player, especially if you believe Hendon Hooker's not going to go to the teens. And if you feel comfortable since you got that second first-round pick, why not roll the dice and say, hey, I'll, I'll take him at 12 if he's available. And even get a little freaky and say, you know what? I'm at 12. Maybe a team wants to trade up. I'll go to maybe 15 and, and, and feel confident that he might be there still, right? And if you don't, then, okay, you get the best player available at that position. But – you know, if you like Hendon Hooker just a little bit, you might be interested in him at number 12. Like I said, and I say that with the Raiders as well. Like, I don't think they'd pick him at seven, but I do think they'd pick him at the end of, of round one. I think if they traded up to round 24, 25, or something in that range, I think they'd have no problem taking him at that point and get that fifth-year option on him and feel like, okay, got our quarterback with Jimmy G, Hendon Hooker can l- learn behind him, and then go from there. I, I can see that as a possibility. I just don't think at seven – that makes a whole lot of sense when there's difference makers, like immediate difference makers that you can get. I just think that that makes the most sense, especially since he's coming off the torn ACL. But that's just me. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Tim, thanks for that call. We appreciate you. And on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r this is from Sir Whiskey Ray. Happy Monday, gentlemen, as a topic, as today's topic is fire. Before I get into my take, shout out to the Gas Lamp District in beautiful San Diego for hosting an amazing bachelor party I attended. My liver and wallet hate me at the moment, but the memories will last forever. LOL. Good to be back home as I'm listening to today's show. I'm going to preach what I've been preaching. I'm staying at number seven. I'm not reaching for any one of these quarterbacks. We need defense and offensive line help, but I'm really on board with the cornerback Witherspoon or quarterback Gonzalez. Either one of these two players will be available at seven. As I can say with confidence, it's time to build an elite defense here. No more messing around. Let's draft. Let the draft come to us. No reason to overthink it. I'm just not a believer of giving up additional picks to move up a few spots. We need to draft wisely with all four picks. Thanks, guys. Loving today's show. Again, Sir Whiskey Ray and Damon, his liver and his wallet are are, are angry at him today. Must have been a great weekend. (laughs) Man. That means the weekend was fantastic. Sir Whiskey Ray, I do have to say this, and I don't know if you heard me mention it on Friday. You are the guy that goes to more bachelor parties than a little bit. Like, you are – the first guy on the list for every – if you're having a bachelor party, Sir Whiskey Ray's name pops up immediately. Like, it's, it's like autofill, right? I mean, you just already know, okay, well, who's coming to the party? Sir Whiskey Ray, right? He's the first guy on everyone's list. Whether you know him or not, he's still the first one on your list. He also said, good to be back home. Where is home? That's another good point because you are a guy that travels around quite a bit. You're in Vegas. You're in San Diego. You're out of town. You're here, that, and the other. I, I, I give you a lot of props, man. I really do, because uh, I, I guarantee you have a lot of fun. And on top of that, Sir Whiskey Ray is the one that doesn't let food in his car either, right? He's the one who, who, who has mm-hmm. yeah has everyone roll the window down and, and put the, the, the bag food out the car. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. That's, he, can go, he can hang out with me. We ain't got no bachelor party to go to, but you can hang out with me any day. We'll be like, you'll wonder why you, you're, you're riding down the block and you're seeing two dudes with their hands out the window and a couple bags. One out the driver's side, one out the passenger side. Oh, that must be Q and Sir Whiskey Ray. Just comparing whose car is cleaner. <laughs> I like how you keep that. <laughs> what did they say in that old song that uh, 
Uh, what I, I got 20s, no, those are 10s, but I keep them clean. That's what we do, man. We keep the car clean, man. That's what we do. Sir Whiskey Ray, shout out, man. 327 is the time. Zach Hicks, Locked On Colts. He'll join us to take pick number four of the Unnecessary Roughness NFL Draft here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 329 is the time here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Been going through our Unnecessary Roughness NFL Mock Draft 2023. First three picks are in. Carolina picked Bryce Young. The Houston Texans went with C.J. Stroud. And we just heard from Bo Brock talking all things Cardinals as he picked Will Anderson out of Alabama. So those are the first three picks that are in. Joining us now on the phone lines from Locked On Colts is our good friend Zach Hicks. He'll make the pick at number four. And, Zach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And before we get into the pick at number four, how many different options do you believe are on the table for the Colts right now? And and what are your thoughts on them trading up to two or number three to ensure that they get the quarterback they want? Hey, man, you know, in a perfect world, we'd love them to go up to three and just secure, you know, one of those top three quarterbacks because, you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of all over the place on this quarterback class and that different guys ranked QB one, two, and three and all that. But I think here in Colts land, we, uh, we have our distinct three that we really like. Uh, two of them have already gone your mock draft here and, the next one is who I'll take care of four, but uh, I think the the Colts would like to secure that kind of next guy there or whoever falls there to that third pick uh, there at three. So yeah, I definitely think trading up to three is is on the table. Uh, probably not the two, just because division rival. You know, typically you don't see a trade within the top five with a division rival like that. But no, I, d- I definitely think the Colts and the Cardinals can get a deal done, especially if the you know if the Cardinals want to get a guy like Will Anderson, but also want to recoup some picks. I do think that, you know, come draft night, we can really see those two teams kind of make a deal happen. Let me ask you about this weird, crazy scenario that I heard the other day from Greeny on ESPN. And look, take it for what it's worth. It was just Greeny's talking and spitballing. But he (laughs) said for the Colts to go and get the best defensive player available in the draft. And then after the draft was over, go and go, go all in on Lamar Jackson and try to make any trade possible and give him whatever money he wants to go ahead and get that deal done and have Lamar Jackson be the quarterback of the future. And obviously we saw the deal that Jalen Hurts agreed to today. So is there any chance something like that could happen? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not. I mean, <laughs> look, look, man. In a perfect world, I, I'd absolutely do. Heck, I, I love Lamar Jackson so much. I would send the fourth overall pick plus whatever else to get him. Like, I am a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I absolutely love his game. Uh, but no, the Colts are the Colts are going to go rookie quarterback. Uh, it, it's just not in the cards here. And honestly, again. With the way the Colts' quarterback dilemma has been since Andrew Luck's retirement, I don't really think they're in a position where, you know, you take a defender here at four and then you throw everything to get Lamar Jackson, and then the Raiders say, or uh, the Ravens say, uh, no, no, we're just going to take it back. Like we'll just match whatever you do, and then you're stuck with Gardner Minshew for another season. And it's just like what you had the last couple of years with Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz and all that. I just don't think that'll fly here in Indian. And I, I think that they're well aware of that risk, and, and that's why they're not really pursuing the Lamar Jackson stuff. So, you know, I, I love Greeny. I love talk show. Uh, I love talk show TV, like sports TV and stuff like that. But, uh, no, the Colts are going to take quarterback in the top four here. You know, it's so funny because I was asked that question, uh, you know, that scenario I just threw out to you, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. If they, yeah. if they were to make that move and take the risk and then not get the quarterback, like you said, if they didn't land, land Lamar – 
Colts fans there in Indy would want to burn it down, man. They, they'd be so angry because they have an opportunity. And so with that being said, with the opportunity to go get their quarterback like we believe they'll do at number four or even up to number three if they trade up, how is the, ner- is the fan base nervous? Are they excited? What's the kind of temperature of the fan base right now? Oh, man, it's all over the place because you've got these different sects of people just saying, like, you know, you have, you have the very local or very vocal minority that really wants Will Levis. Like, they think Will Levis is the next big thing that's pushing this agenda, which, again, I like Will Levis. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Will Levis, but, like, a big part of the fan base or vocal minority wants that. Then you got the Anthony Richardson hive. Then you got the C.J. Stroud hive. you got the people who are bitter but not going to get Bryce Young. Like, you just have this all these different sects of Colts fans, like, just kind of picking their island and sticking to it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all just ready for that young quarterback. And, and I do believe, you know, once the pick is made, what, whoever it is, you know, whether it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud, if he falls there, I do think we'll all come together and support this young quarterback. But right now it's just kind of that hectic buzz beforehand. Like, we're all kind of just inner fighting until we, we have that guy to, to really get behind. Zach Hicks is our guest here from uh, Locked On Colts on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Rough. This is my man DeMond's got one for you. Jim Mercer tweeted, uh, tweeted out recently, hey, we've got the number one, the number four pick. We like it, but we could trade up. We could trade down. We like all of the guys at qu- quarterback. But do you guys in Indy know who he thinks he would pick number one? If they had the number one pick, who does Jim Mercer like the most? Man, that's, that's a tough one there because – I think if you look at Jim Irsay's past, you know, it's always been these bigger quarterbacks, these, you know, the Peyton Mannings, the Andrew Lux, those like can't miss, like safe, but also kind of high upside. He's been, he's been in great situations, you know, with his first overall picks, getting guys like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck in his tenure. Uh, so it is kind of a weird situation for him where they're going to take a quarterback that has flaws, you know, no matter who it is in this class. But even if it were Bryce Young, you're looking at, you know, a historical outlier in terms of size. If it's, C.J. Stroud, you're looking at a guy who is probably the safest, you know, quote-unquote safest in this class, but he's far from a, from a perfect thing. you got Anthony Richardson, who's inexperienced and inaccurate. Uh, Will Levis, who's a bit older and never really put together. Like, it's a weird thing for, for Jim Irsay. He's never really been in the situation with a young quarterback. But gun to my head, I would say that he would want a guy like C.J. Stroud just because that's the archetype that he is most familiar with, you know, again, that pocket passer who can get the ball out quick, who can attack the ball vertically as well. Uh, I do think he would go with a guy like Stroud, but, you know, if he's kind of changing his ways and he's seeing the way the NFL is going and he's seeing the high upside of a guy like Anthony Richardson, then maybe that could be his guy. You know, like Jim Mercer, he's he's a fun wild card. He's a really fun wild card. He's coming <laughs> How, how many owners are putting, like, you know, tweets like that out there and, and you know, None. people dissect right. it and, and being like, oh, yeah, look at the order he put these pictures in. Is that the order the Colts have on the draft board? Honestly, with Jim Irsay, that might be it. Like, he really might have put their whole sport out there because we just don't know. He's such a such a just a, a goofball, you know, for lack of a better word. So, uh, yeah, no, Jim Irsay's fun. And, and uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the way he have it, actually. It's pretty interesting to think about. And then the way this draft, we know at number four, or if they trade up, they would get a quarterback. But do you think that they're going to take a receiver maybe in the second or third round to build some weapons around whoever they take at quarterback? Yeah, I think it's definitely in play. Uh, wide receiver for sure could be up there, especially because, you know, you are you're went through this whole off-season process of hiring a new head coach, and the guy you settled on is, is Shane Steichen, just a phenomenal offensive mind who loves to attack the ball vertically and get the ball down the field you got to add some speedsters with him, though. You know, you have a guy like Alec Pierce who can go up and win those 50-50 balls. You have 
Michael Pittman Jr. can win over the middle. But you kind of need that speedster guy who can just blow by, past everybody and score deep. You know, I know they signed Isaiah McKenzie, but, you know, you'd like to have some more bodies who can do that. So, yeah, when it comes to day two, I think wide receiver is in play. I think interior offensive line is, on, is in play. And, and I certainly think cornerback is in play. But uh, wide receiver is certainly up there in terms of needs. It's going to be really interesting. It really is to see what direction all these different teams are going because we feel like we've got it all mapped out of what they're going to do, but really just don't know. And again, I kind of lean back to the the, the trade, uh, Zach, as far as you know, I'm concerned with the number three overall, even number two overall. We had Landry Locker on from Houston, and uh, he was actually saying Houston might be interested in trading out to, uh, out of number two. You think the Colts would be interested in the number two spot or, or maybe number three is the highest they'll go? Yeah, I think three would be the highest just because, in, in, again, gun to my head, I think they have three guys higher than the fourth guy in this class. Uh, so I think they want to secure just one of those top three guys. Uh, and we all know it's going to probably, it, it's almost certainly going to be Bryce Young at one. So Stroud or Richardson there at three, I think they'd be happy with either one of those guys. Uh, and also, again, I think it would just be hard to make that kind of deal with Houston. You know, Houston would look at it being like, sure, you know, the Colts could be offering us a decent amount of picks, but do we really want to give the Colts their quarterback, their choice of quarterback at hit two? I mean, mm. that quarterback we'd have to play against yeah. multiple times a season. So I don't think they would come to an agreement with the Texans, uh, but I do think the Cardinals are kind of that sweet spot. And, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if those two teams kind of have like a, you know, a handshake agreement right now where the Cardinals, whatever deal they get, you know, they call Indy to see if Indy could match it or go better or something like that just to, you know, keep both those teams happy. You know, I'm, I'm sure in a perfect world, the Cardinals only want to drop to four, but still get a good amount of takes back. So it wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Those teams kind of have like a handshake agreement already. You know, it's funny when you mentioned Houston, Demond, I started thinking about the question that you asked earlier to Landry about the division and the quarterback and not, what was the question that you asked him again when it was about not being pressured? Yeah. Well, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. And I mentioned the AFC West as an example where there are elite quarterbacks in this division, but in the AFC South, not so much. No, I mean, you basically just have to keep up with the AFC at this point. Like, I mean, if you're picking in the NFC right now, the NFC is just barren in terms of quarterback talent. Like, it's Jalen Hurts and then, what, Geno Smith? <laughs> then Kirk Cousins? Then, I mean, Dak Prescott, he's pretty good, but, he, you know, he's had some struggles the last couple of years. Like, the NFC, you're really not keeping up with many, but in the AFC, you know, yes, your division might only have Trevor Lawrence in it, and the rest is, like, young, unproven guys, but... In the AFC, you're competing with, you know, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you're competing with the top quarterbacks in all of football. Joe Burrow in there as well. Tua had a great season last year. Like, these, these are the top quarterbacks in the entire league, all in the AFC. Uh, so, for me, and, and this kind of will leak into when I, when I make the pick here for the Colts, you have to take the chance on the guy who could maybe be there one day, who could maybe be at that level one day. Because, you know, if one of these quarterbacks ends up being like, just a middle of the road passer, you know, like like a Kirk Cousins, like a like a Derek Carr type, something like that. Like you're just not going to be able to compete with these top end teams in, in the AFC. So you need to take those shots on the high end passers because, you know, if you get out of the AFC South, that's great. But what are you going to do when you run into Pat Mahomes? What are you going to do when you run into Josh Allen? You know, or Justin Herbert or or Joe Burrow? Like you can't be coming up with a knife and a gunfight there. No point. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. You know what that sound is right there, Zach? That means that the Colts are officially on the clock. Again, Bryce Young is gone. We've already heard C.J. Stroud's name called, and we just heard Will Anderson's name called. So with number four overall, Indianapolis, where are they going? Who's the pick? 
You know, I think we have to go with the the riskiest pick for sure uh, that we've seen in a quarterback pick up this high, but I feel like you got to go Anthony Richardson here for the Colts. You know, they just they need that upside. They need that guy who can maybe be that Pat Mahomes, who can maybe be that Josh Allen. Uh, I know the inexperience is scary. I know the accuracy numbers are not great, but when you look at just the level of athlete this guy is, the flashes of what he could do on film, and then you're betting on the character and the person, like, this is the guy that you want to bet all your, you want to just push all the chips in for. Uh, and if it burns you, it burns you. So, yeah, Anthony Richardson, I think, is the pick for the Colts here at four. Boom, there it goes right there. Look at that. Tabon got a, a, a round of applause in there for you on that one. He loves that pick of Anthony Richardson. And how much do you think new head coach Shane Steichen can kind of element or implement what, uh, what we saw from the Eagles last year and Jalen Hurts with Anthony Richardson since he will come from that offense? Yeah, no, I think it's the best fit in the draft. I mean, because when, when you look at Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen's entire philosophy is I want to attack vertical. I want to just – I don't want to score in 10 plays. I want to score in two plays. I want to score in three plays. The best way to attack vertical and get teams out of that two-safety look and those, that, you know, that box defense, that Fangio four, is to have an effective running game. Well, the best way to have an effective running game, have the greatest athlete we've ever seen at the quarterback position uh, running alongside Jonathan Taylor and behind Quentin Nelson. Like, you're going to be able to open up so many vertical shots because the just the mere presence of Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor up front. And, and Shane Speck is going to love that. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you're going to have this guy who will probably come in from day one and run for six, seven, eight hundred yards. And then you'll be able to just air it out every other play. You know, you can air yeah. it out to Michael Pittman Jr. You can air it out to Alex Pierce. And if those guys don't come down with it and they have a bad season, you know, whatever. But this is the guy who best sets up what Shane Steichen's core offensive philosophy is, which is I want to score quickly and I want to attack the ball down the field. Anthony Richardson's going to get single high safety almost every time because of his ability as a runner. I love it. I love it. There you go. Anthony Richardson, we're going to put his name on the board. We're going to put your name on the board beside him. You made the pick so far. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and now also Anthony Richardson off the board in our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Good stuff. Zach, fantastic stuff as a matter of fact. What do you got coming out, Locked On Colts, that we should be on the lookout for? A lot of quarterback stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's all That's all we're talking here is quarterback stuff. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, T.J. Stroud maybe falling. Like, it's all quarterback stuff. You know, pedal to the metal here for the next few weeks. And, and hopefully, again, I'm hoping it's going to be Anthony Richardson, but whoever it is, I, I know the whole Colts fan base will come behind whoever this guy is, uh, and we'll be putting all of, our, all of our chips in on that guy being the next franchise quarterback. Any interest at all in Head and Hooker out of Tennessee? Maybe a little bit later. Not at number four, obviously, but a little bit later in the draft. If we were a different team, maybe. <laughs> you know, if we were, if we were in a different situation, if we were in like the situation like the Vikings uh, or something like that, where it's like a late first and and we have an aging quarterback and you already have a win win now roster, I'm fine with it. But Indy just needs that guy. They need that guy who can maybe be. A superstar one day or be that face of the franchise and I think Hendon Hooker can be a fine player in the NFL I just I just don't think he fits what the Colts are looking for well there you go Zach Hicks is the man he made the pick Anthony Richardson put him on the board at number four next to the Colts Zach thanks so much man great stuff as always definitely appreciate you we'll talk to you soon all right talk to you guys later Bye. all right see you there you go Zach Hicks locked on Colts on Twitter at Zach Hicks too uh simple as that so Anthony Richardson 
off the board at number four. So there you go. That's the first day of our locked or not locked on on our NFL mock draft. Zach is from Locked On Colts, but this is our unnecessary roughness mock draft that we're doing here. So uh, three quarterbacks and a and an edge have come off the board so far. So we got Seattle tomorrow. We've got the Lions tomorrow. We've got the Raiders tomorrow, and we've got the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think is going to be? Do you think Jalen Carter comes off the board tomorrow? Oh yeah. Where's he going? Five. Seattle. Okay, you have him at Seattle. Um, what will be the big first surprise? What team will be the first surprise? Does that come tomorrow or is that a, a following day? The biggest surprise will be if anybody tomorrow takes Will Levis. Ooh. If he gets taken tomorrow, it might be somebody might get jeered. Some, they, they're not getting applause. <laughs> hey, what, he might end up being the best quarterback, though. And I'll, I'll eat my words. Okay, there you go. There you go. So the biggest surprise for you tomorrow would be if Will Levis comes off the board and you think Jalen Carter is going to go number five. Uh, let's just throw it out there. Who do you think is going to go at number seven? I don't even know who's going to pick at number seven. I think maybe we'll have Ed because uh, we haven't we didn't have Ed on today. So maybe we'll have Ed Graney on tomorrow and he'll make the number seven pick. I want to think he'll be logical. Yeah, I think it's going to be Christian Gonzalez if it's Ed. Think so? Okay. Well, if he's available, Christian Gonzalez might be gone. Detroit might take him at six. Remember, they just traded Jeffrey Okuda. I know they went and addressed the cornerback position uh, in free agency, but maybe they go with Okuda. Maybe they go, I mean, maybe they go with, with Gonzalez. Maybe they go with Witherspoon. Maybe they take Tyree Wilson. Mm. Where does Tyree Wilson go? Does he go tomorrow? Does he off the board tomorrow? Maybe eight to Atlanta. Okay. Because I'm just thinking about the Raiders' needs, mm-hmm. and they desperately need a cornerback. Okay. Okay. I like I it. mean, that's that's just um, from the – you know, because you got to m- map out what other teams are picking. Oh, yeah. No, I so know. So, obviously, I didn't even think about who the Lions might take. Maybe they take Witherspoon first. Yeah, that's And maybe that's why Ed has to take Gonzalez. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I think that Seattle has a couple options. Uh, with this – with this, uh, the way that the, the board is shaking out, I don't think they take a quarterback. Whoever we get to pick at number five, I don't think that they'll they'll get a quarterback. Number six will be the Lions. My gut feeling tells me they either go with Tyree Wilson or they go with one of the young DBs, either Gonzalez or Witherspoon. At seven, my gut feeling tells me Ed will either go with a DB, matter of fact, a DB or, or Wilson, uh, kind of the same thing as six. And then eight, the Falcons, that might be a wild card, right? I'm not sure who what they'll do at number eight. I'm not 100% sure. That's going to be – uh, interesting, but we've got the first four in the books, and uh, yeah, there you go. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and now Anthony Richardson added to the mix. 3.47 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.50 is the time. Coming up at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock, there's a really good piece on the Players' Tribune about Anthony Richardson quarterback out of Florida. Really good piece penned by Anthony Richardson. When it's a Players' Tribune, they pen their own piece of work. And I really found it interesting. I had a few people point it out to me. But I really dove deep, uh, dove deep into it. Did a deep dive. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, over the weekend and really came away pretty impressed with the young man out of Florida. I don't know what he's going to be on the next level. I really don't. He might be a guy that if, if everything sticks the way our mock draft goes, goes to Indianapolis and bombs out. Who knows? Or he might go and end up being a star. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, just from reading the piece on the Players' Tribune about Anthony Richardson, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I can promise you that. I just think he's got it upstairs, between the ears, where I think it matters the most. And I think he's going to do everything in his power to end up being a, a real deal dude in the NFL. And that's all you can ever ask for. I mean, we know that he's got the athletic ability. 
Of course, there's question marks. He knows that he has to improve. He says it in the piece. So we'll talk about it coming up at 4 o'clock. 4.30, we got to deep dive into some NBA playoffs. I'm looking at you, DeMond, and your Memphis Grizzlies. They have a lot to be desired. Look, the Warriors lost too. They play tonight. They've got to win or else it's pretty much a done deal. But I ain't even thinking. I ain't even looking at them like I'm looking at you because the Memphis Grizzlies, they got me all messed up, and they got you all messed up, and they ain't looking too good. And now there's all kind of injury questions as well. So, yeah. Yeah, injury questions because, man, the NBA needs to do something about the charge. Take it out of the game. I mean, I'm at the point now. You know how sometimes people how say. How long has this bothered you, or is it just bother you this weekend when Ja got hurt? Oh, no, I've, I've talked about it a little bit in college, but more like tongue-in-cheek because it's like, oh, these guys aren't, aren't athletic enough to play defense, so that's why they're out here trying to take charges. All right. But, uh, I mean, so that's at the college game. But even in the NBA level, hey, you're not in position and you're just trying to, like, even, not even me, the Bucks. Giannis, man, he was rolling around in pain. He fell on yeah, his back. I know. And I don't know why he tried to lay it up. Why didn't he just dunk it? He was all the way up there. Why did he try to finger roll it in? He could have just dunked it. Could have dunked it, then he hung on the rim, and then he wouldn't have, been, he wouldn't have hurt himself. I don't ever understand that. My dad always says it too. He says, if you're up there, why, 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 why lay it up? Why, why finger roll it in? Just turn your wrist over and dunk it. Smash on someone. Tell them about themselves. Well, I've never experienced the air up there, so I can't speak <laughs> to that. But <laughs> it's the charge. True. Kevin Love, True. Wasn't, Kevin Love wasn't in, posi- in, in position on defense, and that's why he has to take the coward's way out and try to go for a charge. There was one play in the Grizzlies game where Rui Hachimura, he went up and John Morant was there waiting for him. Yeah. So, so long that he just had to come down with the ball and get the travel call. That's defense. We want to see the athleticism of the game, not the, hey, man, he's going to go up, so I'm just going to see if I can get underneath him and get this call. I mean, but how many times do we, you know, promote the, hey, man, that guy's willing to stand in there and take the charge? I, you know what I mean? Like, when I, I, don't, I don't like the overreaction. I heard everyone all weekend long saying, oh, get rid of the charge, get rid of the charge, because we saw injuries result of it, right? But if we hadn't seen those injuries, how much of the would we have heard? Isn't player safety more important? But we, I'm take, saying, take it out of the if, game? if that wasn't, if that didn't happen this weekend, would we be talking about that right now? No, there's all there needs to be an inciting incident for player safety to change. I'm just saying nobody would be talking. How many times about do we hear about Raider Nation that Tony Saragusa hit on Rich Gannon? I understand. I'm saying if that had never happened, if those injuries didn't happen over the weekend, because all we do is encourage guys that'll stand in there and take the charge. We say that all the time, and now all of a sudden, because we've seen injuries. Whether they're right or wrong. Like I said, and if you say get rid of it, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying we are reacting from what we saw, the last thing we saw, like prisoners of the moment, as opposed to, well, this is something that we've been thinking for a long time. Like I hadn't heard anybody talk about get rid of the charges until we saw injuries. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And same thing with late hits on quarterbacks. Quarterbacks going out of bounds. It just takes that one. Hey, man. Sometimes I think that that's BS too. Right? I, sometimes I think that that's BS, too. I think that's an overreaction a lot of times. But, again, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs coming up at 430. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Houston from L.A. Houston of L.A. Going to call, talk a little lake show. What's on your mind, Houston? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Where is that girl from last week that was like, yeah, uh, Memphis is going to run all up and down the court. You know, that's <laughs> old. Only thing I like is that John Moran's out, dude. I, I like I like John, man. I really do. And um, you know, I didn't I didn't want him to win this way. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I wanted to make him ha- make it happen. Is this game one though? Like, what is it? A, a five game series or is it seven still? Now you got seven. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, shoot, I'm just trying to hope for the best for Demond because what everybody else is saying 
is that it's over with my man. So, I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep it there. Hey, look, them 17 rings ain't there for nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This ain't Clipper Town. Them dudes are from Buffalo. Then they went over to San Diego. Hey, you know what happens on the big screen at Dodger games and stuff? When the Clipper player uh, goes up on the big screen, we boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I saw Paul George get booed. You're right about that. I'm not. Yeah, that's true. Hell ain't no for the Lakers, baby. That's it. That's true. You're not wrong. All right, but, <laughs> all right, but, but hey, like, um, I'm I'm getting pumped up for the draft, y'all. Seriously, I mean, like, I think we're gonna make some intelligent decisions because last year they made some good decisions. Devontae, you no know, first and second round, and then dude from um I think sixth round, uh, Mumford, right tackle, he got used, and then um the guy Park, uh, yeah, Dillon, he kind of got ate up a little bit sometimes. You know, I saw it, but he was going up against Chris Jones, if I'm mistaken. So I mean, you know, a lot of people get ate up by him, but um, I just think. We're going to make some solid decisions. I don't want to trade up for nobody. Y'all know that already. So, with that pick, I either want a cool trade down or I'm kind of going back and forth between Gonzalez and Witherspoon. But Witherspoon has the edge for me because that kid can thump. You know what I mean? He he can handle the run. And I'm sick of seeing our guys get thumped on or shook or whatever. You know what I mean? When it comes mm-hmm. down to the running back. So, you know, that's all I wanted to say, man. But, DeMond. Don't trip, baby. You coming back? Y'all might be in this. You never know, you know? Grizzlies in five. I'm sticking by it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the laugh. The laugh is all I needed to hear. He didn't even say nothing. He just gave you the laugh. He gave you the courtesy laugh. I like it. Houston and L.A., thank you for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. 3.56 at the time. We'll come back. We'll get some more calls and texts. Plus, we'll talk about this piece on the Players' Tribune from Anthony Richardson. Fantastic stuff. We'll do it next. Radio Nation Radio 920.